I appreciate everyone that contributes to the music around here. My wife's always been involved in that, and I'm aware of what you see like right there. That, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You don't know the time that goes into finding the right music, practicing the right music. So all of you that contribute to the music, I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to uh, this Sunday night, 6 o'clock. Uh, it's going to be good. Uh, the choir and the actors have a long practice this afternoon. So they're going to be sacrificing their afternoon. And then um, next Saturday night, is it, Jamie? you got a dress rehearsal again Saturday night, this coming Saturday night. So, you know, and then you'll come and enjoy the program. And many don't realize a lot of time and a lot of effort went into that. So uh, thank you in advance to all of you. Uh, this afternoon... The message entitled from Proverbs is Love, Unity, and Peace. Principles for Husbands and Wives from the book of Proverbs. I like this quote we're going to begin with today. And I think a lot of us... Oh, by the way, well, let me just give you the quote. Marriage is when you agree to spend the rest of your life sleeping in a room that's too warm beside someone who's sleeping in a room that's too cold. That is, that is so true. Now, I realize not everyone in this room is, is, is married. Some are not married yet. Others have been married. There's, there's widows in this room, and I understand that, and I'm sensitive to that. Uh, to you that will be married someday, I would say pay close attention. To those of you that have been married, you're not married now, um, perhaps you know of uh, someone, a couple, that's having difficulties in their marriage. And you might use this, you know, have them go to our website and they can listen to this uh, message online. Uh, the, the importance of this subject should be evident to everybody because our happiness in life is greatly affected by how successful we are in our marriage. If marriage isn't going well, life isn't going well. But oftentimes, if marriage is going well, then life is going well. It's so important that our marriages go well. It's so important that the relationship between the husband and wife go well because it can affect many areas of our life. For example, 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, talking about wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So what we're saying is we need to get this right. Marriage I'm talking about today. We need to get it right because it is going to a great degree affect our happiness in a positive way or a negative way, but it can can affect other areas of our life as our prayers being hindered if we're not right with our spouse. You know the old saying, it takes two to tango. The idea is that you know, when you say that when you say that both parties are guilty. You'll say, well, yeah, it takes two to tango. Um, in marriage, you know, negatively speaking, uh, both the husband and the wife have to assume responsibility for a bad marriage. But in a positive way, both husband and wife assume responsibility for a good marriage. Proverbs goes a long way in laying out the wife's contribution, and the husband's contribution to a good marriage. We're going to look, first of all, is what the Bible says about the wife and her role or her responsibility as far as what she ought to contribute, what she ought to bring to a marriage. Now, I realize sometimes it can be challenging. There's a story of a 
speaker at a woman's meeting, a woman's club meeting. And she was speaking on marriage, and she asked the ladies that were there, she said, how many of you really want to and would like to mother your husband? And one lady enthusiastically on the back row raised her hand, and it took the speaker aback. She said, you mean you want to mother your husband? He said, oh, I am so sorry. I thought you said smother your, <laughs> your husband. I can understand. I can understand wives feeling like doing that to their husbands. But the wife, as is the case with the man also, and we'll get to that in a second, the, the, the wife has to know what her role is. And she needs to know what she needs to bring to the marriage. A lot of ladies and a lot of men have come from dysfunctional homes. And for them, the model of a marriage is just two people that are fussing and fighting and cussing each other all the time and not getting along and being frustrated with one another. It, it doesn't have to be that way. Now, marriage is challenging, of course, but marriage can be rewarding for both people. And both the individuals need to understand their role and what they are to contribute. And I want us to look, first of all, at the ideal wife. You know about Proverbs chapter 31. It has a lot to say about the ideal wife. And we're not going to look at everything in that chapter. We're just picking out um, five of them. We're going to look at them this afternoon. To be an ideal wife, to bring what you're supposed to bring to the marriage relationship, you need to, first of all, be filled with an enduring love. Filled with an enduring love. The Bible says in Proverbs 31, 12, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now, that's not conditional, ladies, that if he does this, then you will do that. That's not to say it's okay for a man to be abusive. It is never okay. But we're not saying you just have to take it. We're not saying that. We're not saying that at all. But what we are saying is that you love him. And even when he isn't what he ought to be, you may be frustrated. You may have to have a serious talk with him, and it is right to do that. In fact, you ought to do that when your husband is doing things or saying things that hurt you. You need to be able to tell him. And this is one of the things that Dr. Harley teaches. And one of the best things he teaches is tell your husband how it made you feel. Some of you have heard this before, but you need a reminder. Too often when we're hurt, we want to lash out and simply accuse. And it usually goes like this, I'm tired of it, you always talk down to me. Well, that's a statement that may be debatable. First thing the husband's going to say is, I always talk down to you, I don't always talk down to you. And then it just ratchets everything up. But if the wife says to the husband, let me tell you how what you did or said made me feel, that's not an arguable point. I know I'm in trouble when Sharon says, can I tell you how you made me feel? I know that I'm in trouble then. But that's a non-arguable, non-negotiable point. But the point is, the Bible says, of this woman, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now, that doesn't mean that it's okay for him to be rude or ugly or unfaithful or any of those things. But you can still love him. And and, and you're frustrated, perhaps, because you do love him. 
You know, Christ was done wrong all the time. But he loved, you know, God, love for, for God so loved the world. There's a lot of ugly people in the world. A lot of Saddam Husseins in the world and Adolf Hitler's. It doesn't mean you approve of what they're doing. It doesn't mean that the wrongs that they're doing are, 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 are you know, you just overlook them. That's not what we're saying. I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says this afternoon. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. We're supposed to be Christ-like. We're not supposed to get, have vengeance. Now, again, we're not supposed to be naive. We're not supposed to just take it on the chin. I'm not suggesting that. But I am suggesting that the proper response is always that the wife is going to do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Number two, the ideal wife has practical skills. Proverbs 31, 15, She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She has practical skills. She's a homemaker. Now, I realize that the women libbers of this world put down on homemaking. But let me tell you something, folks. Don't listen to them. I think it is a proven fact and can be substantiated that a lot of the most vehement women libbers are miserable women themselves. I guarantee you that. And I haven't seen any studies, but I guess if you can study that, I... I I can't help but believe these, these, are, these are women that, for whatever reason, you know, have, have a chip on their shoulder, and maybe there's been things that have happened. I don't know. But don't let their unhappiness provoke you into thinking that what you're doing is demeaning if you say to yourself, I like being a homemaker. I like cooking meals. I, I like a neat house. I, I like shopping for the family. I, you know... That's nothing demeaning. That's commendable, folks. That's what the Bible is admonishing here and praising. She riseth also while is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. An ideal wife is going to be filled with an enduring love. She's going to have practical skills. Number three, she's going to be compassionate. Verse number 20, she stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. You know, typically most men, their exceptions, tend to have that gift of prophecy. You know, black and white, this is the way you ought to do it. But most women tend to have, be more on the mercy side, the compassionate side, and then you have a good balance because there's times you need to lay down the law. There's times you have to discipline. But there's also times there ought to be mercy shown. And that's when husbands and wives complete and complement one another, when maybe the dad might bring a little more of the, 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 the profit into the home and the mom brings some of the mercy into the home. And together they, they strike that balance that the Lord wants them to have. Filled with an enduring love, practical skills, compassionate. Number four, strong character. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. Strength and honor are her clothing. Women should not be petty, should not be catty, should not be gossipy. They should be women of strength, women of honor. That's what they're women of integrity, 
Women of compassion, yes, as we just read, but also women of, of integrity. And a, you know, a woman with a good head on her shoulders that is not dominated by her emotions, but is dominated by reason and thoughtfulness and compassion. It's strong character. Then number five, speaks words of wisdom and kindness. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. There are way too often women who just, and we're going to get on the men in a second, so you know, don't think I'm picking. We're going to give equal time. We're fair and balanced this afternoon. But this is noting that a godly woman speaks with wisdom and kindness. You know, there, there, there are some that sometimes will lose control, fly off the handle, say the most awful things. That is not the contribution. That, that is taking away from a marriage. You know, it may be an area in which someone struggles, but it's something you work at, you pray about, you get help with. You, you want your words to be seasoned with grace. And we talked about that last week in last week's message on Proverbs about how our tongue can be used to do great harm or great good. Those are some of, that's not a complete list, but that, those are some of the most important qualities that a good wife brings to a marriage. She has to do her part. Now, in Proverbs, it talks about what she shouldn't be. We're just going to look at two things there. We're going to do the same thing with the husbands, too. What the wife doesn't want to be, Proverbs twenty-one nineteen, she doesn't want to be contentious. The Bible said it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. A woman that has a reputation for being hot-headed and angry and flying off the handle and speaking her peace needs to get control of that. The Bible acknowledges that that's a bad, bad situation. And you can. But, well, Pastor, this has been something that's, you know, plagued me, you know, all my life. Well, do what you heard this morning. You know, recognize it. You know, come to yourself. Repent of it. And... Make it right. And then a wife should not be contentious, and she should not be hateful. Proverbs thirty twenty one: For three things the earth is disquieted, and for four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat. And what we want to focus on, for an odious woman when she is married. I looked up odious. I wasn't real sure how it was used there, but one Bible commentator says, this is a miserable woman who makes everyone around them miserable. There are some women, sadly, that a lot of their life is, they're just miserable. Unhappy with so much in their life. The Bible's description there is an odious woman. And the understanding there is it's a miserable woman who just makes everyone else miserable. The good news is, as, as children of God, understand that that can be changed. That, that, that can be fixed. Just as the prodigal son was restored to the right relationship with his father, a woman that struggles in these areas, she too can be restored. That's what God is all about. He's in the given victory business. Nobody's pulling for you. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm stepping on some toes this afternoon. I don't know. This is one of those, if the shoe fits, wear it. But, but the good news is, it doesn't have to stay that way. God, God's pulling for you. 
you know, if, if you can be open this afternoon and say, you know what, those things convict me. I don't know that I am enjoying providing for my family. I, I, don't, I don't know that, you know, I'm loving my husband all the time. Well, if he does everything just right, then yeah, but, you know, let him do one little thing wrong. He's in the doghouse. Well, he may need to be in the doghouse, but you can still love him. The, but the good news is, as Christians, we're in the growing business. We're in the getting victory business. This may be an area in which you've struggled for a long time, but the good news is you can get victory. You can be that kind of wife that is making great and positive contributions in the marriage. Okay, so that's, that's the ideal wife. Now let's take just a few minutes to talk about the husband. This little story. We were visiting friends when they received a telephone call from their recently married daughter. After several tense minutes on the phone, the mother told the father to pick up the extension. So mom's on the phone with this unhappy daughter, just got married. The newlyweds had had their first big fight. So mom says to dad, pick up the phone. You need to listen to her. In a few moments, the father rejoined us and tersely explained, oh yeah, the father goes in, talks to the daughter, this is how this works out, then comes back into the company, and he said, well, let me explain, you know, my daughter, she had her first big blow up, and she said she wanted to come home, and the guest asked him, said, well, what did you tell her? I love this, he said, I told her she was home. Isn't that good? He said, you are home. In other words, Work it out. It can be frustrating. It can be a challenge. But there, there isn't a marriage that can't go from bad to great. Now, someone may say, well, we all know about Proverbs 31 and the virtuous woman. You know, and that may frustrate some women. Where, where's the, where does it talk about the virtuous man? Can I throw this out? The whole rest of the book. The whole rest of the book, ladies. (laughs) The whole rest of the book. We need to understand that. We need to appreciate that. There's a chapter dedicated to the women and 30 others. It's dedicated basically to us men. What is the ideal husband? Number one, he values his wife highly. Proverbs 18, 22, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. A good, godly husband values his wife, appreciates his wife, and is thankful for her. No, she's not going to be any more perfect than he is. And just as she is to love him anyway, you are to love her as well. Do you know we are all married to sinners? Has that dawned on us yet? I know Sharon is. Don't don't be so quick to agree with that. We are nonetheless to value our wives. You find a wife, you found a good thing, and you obtain favor from the Lord. You realize she is a gift from God. And you appreciate and you're thankful for what she brings to the relationship. 
Number two, the ideal husband finds joy in his wife. Proverbs 5.18, let the fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. I love my wife. I love being around my wife. I love spending time with my wife. And I, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm, I'm not leading up to a joke. I'm, I'm, I'm serious about that. And the older I get, the more I appreciate her. And the more I'm grateful for her. And I love being with her. I don't like being away from her. I guess I could, maybe if need be, she could get on a plane tomorrow and go to be with uh, Matt and Christy and the grandkids. But that means I'd be alone. That'd be terrible. I don't want to do that. I like her being around, and I, I like being around her. I, I find great joy in her. And I tell her that all the time. You can amen me on that one. Okay, she's doing that. Number three, he praises his wife profusely. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Fellas, we need to be grateful for our wives. Yes, they have some flaws, just like we do. But they are so much more a blessing. And not only do we need to feel grateful for them and be grateful for them, we need to express it. Whether it's just saying, that was a delicious meal. Or those Christmas decorations, those are just beautiful. You know, we have a newly remodeled house and Sharon the bay window in our living room used to have a TV sitting in it and we moved it and it's really nice now and Sharon put some uh, new Christmas deck or maybe old Christmas decoration anyway we never decorated that window because it had a TV in it and so it's not in there anymore and she I came home the other day and she had it's beautiful and I'm not patting myself on the back but haven't I numerous times since you've done that I've told her I said that is gorgeous you know what that means the world to her and you, you, you may think, well, I, she knows I'm grateful. Not if you don't say it. And it means a lot to a wife, whether it's, you know, a good meal or a clean house or whatever she might do. You know, to praise your wife profusely. Number four, the ideal husband trusts his wife implicitly. Proverbs 31.11. Now, this is in the chapter about the, the woman, but in there it says this, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. He trusts his wife. He, she is dependable. He has his responsibilities for the family. She has her... Every couple, you know, there, there are things that run the house that she knows I do. You know, I take care of the, the, the yard. I take care of the, the cars. And, and Sharon knows she don't have to worry about that, don't have to think about that. She, and she never thinks about it because she knows I'm going to do it. And I, know, I help her in the house. But, you know, for the most part, that's, that's what she does. And, I, and that means a lot to me. I like coming home to a, a clean house and a neat house. And again, you know, modern society would just make fun of this message, talking about such mundane things. But... This is where the rubber meets the road. This is reality. They live in fantasy world. This is, this is reality. 
But the average husband does appreciate a wife that does things for him, takes care of him, does the laundry, fixes meals, keeps a, keeps a, a nice house. There, there's nothing mundane or unimportant about that. And, and, you know, I trust my wife to do that, and, and I just trust her to be faithful as well. You know, I, I, I have no need to be suspicious. I have, I have no need to, to worry, and that's a compliment to her. And number five, which is related... The ideal husband is content with his wife's love. Proverbs 5.15 Drink waters out of thine own cistern and running waters out of thine own well. And that, that's a metaphor simply for a husband. Let me back up. I said metaphor, didn't I, Sharon? <laughs> Sandy. <laughs> metaphor. 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 Okay, I'd have heard that on the way home. You did it again. Contentious wife all the way home, you know. You always say metaphor. It ain't metaphor. It's metaphor. <laughs> and I was going to let it go, Sharon. I was just going to gloss on past it. But that wouldn't have done as good as me stopping and acknowledging it before she gets to me. I don't like being around her. I don't like being with her. <laughs> She's an annoyance. She's a bother. I like her laugh like right now. She gets tickled. Content with his wife's love. He's not having to look anywhere else. You know, Dr. Harley talks about that men and women have needs. God-given needs. Okay? And the number one need of a man is a physical relationship with his wife. And a man should be content with his wife's love. And a wife should be happy to give him that love. Now, the Bible also says what a husband does not want to be. Now, we have to step outside of Proverbs to find a couple verses, but I found them. A husband does not want to be a man that is not committed to the Bible. In 1 Peter 3, 1, it says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may also without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. There are some husbands that aren't saved. There are some husbands that do not obey the word of God. A woman should not have to live with such a man. It is God that brings you together. Most people get married in a church or by a pastor, even if it's outside of a church, and we do it in the eyes of God. And it's God-ordained, and it's God-blessed. Probably the number one concern I've heard from wives through the years is a husband that doesn't take God and the Bible seriously. And they will make all kinds of excuses. Well, that's just the way I am, you know, or, or, or whatever. And he, that man has no idea how he is hurting his wife. That's probably been, in my 40 years of ministry, particularly my 25 years as pastor, the number one concern of the average wife is the lack of spirituality in her husband. Fellas, the good news is that's something you can fix. You can get under conviction just hearing that and go home bound and determined that you are going to do better. You're not going to be resentful. You, 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 you're not going to be petty. You're not going to be immature. You say, well, that's just the way I am. How silly is that? How, how absolutely silly that is. Well, if you've got a problem with spiritual maturity, fix it. You say, well, I don't know what to do. I'm a pastor. I'm here to help you. Brother Jamie's here to help you. We're not going to be embarrassed. I mean, if, if you came to me and said, Pastor, I'm not spiritual as I ought to be and I need some help, I'm not going to laugh at you. 
I'm going to think more highly of you. Praise the Lord. When can we meet? You want to meet Tuesday mornings? You want to meet Thursday afternoons? When do you, when do you want to meet? And we'll work on this. But a wife, a Christian wife, so wants her husband to be a faithful Christian man. You, you don't have to be a Charles Spurgeon. You know, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. Just, just be who you are, but have a heart for God and let her know that you get it and you're, and you're working on it. But then, she doesn't want a husband that cannot grow and be mature. Colossians 3.19, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. It's wrong to say that she's always nagging. It's wrong to say that she's always raising the bar. You're just displaying a bitter attitude. No, be the leader you're supposed to be and sit down and have a respectful conversation. Sweetheart, you are unhappy with me. Let's fix it. I, I, I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be angry at you. I don't want to be making all these marriage jokes about the wife, you know, always nagging and the husband, always this and that. No, I want us to have the right relationship with one another, and why can't we sit down and talk to each other respectfully? And husbands in this room ought to take the lead in that. And if you can't, there's something wrong. Something wrong somewhere. Say, well, I need help. I'm here. Brother, Brother Jamie's here. We're here to, to help you. So, Adam was incomplete. And God said, I'm going to make a helpmate. And together, they're complete. Each one of them brings certain strengths to the relationship that is needed to be complete. Our wives bring an abundance of important things into the relationship. Husbands are to bring important things into the relationship. We owe it to each other. We, it, it's the right thing to do. And your marriage can be wonderful. You say, well, it hasn't been good for a long time now. That can be corrected. That can, I have seen it. Ha- I'm doing more marriage counseling than ever before, and I'm enjoying it more than ever before because I've got material now that I know Dr. Harley has hit the nail on the head with this stuff. No question in my mind. So I'm eager to help folks uh, when, when they come and, and want some help. And I have seen marriages that have been on the rocks be fixed 100%. And that can happen with you. I like this last quote. We're done. Marriage is like twirling a baton, turning handsprings, or eating with chopsticks. It looks easy until you try it. I'll close with this. In the marriage material I use, Dr. Harley has identified the five most common and important needs of the average wife, and they're real needs. And the same thing is true with men. There are are five typical needs of the average male, and the problem is when one isn't meeting the other, you have the potential for problems. There's no excuses for affairs and then divorces, but there's reasons. Okay. And there's also, um, what's the other book, Sharon? There's a His Need, Her Need. Yeah, and, and he's also identified five or six love busters. Angry demands, angry outbursts, selfish demands, those kind of things. I mean, he's been doing this forever, and you're going to see patterns. You, if you've got half a brain, 
you start dealing with a thousand couples, you start seeing patterns. And that's all he's come up with is these patterns. And he's identified them rightly. But I tell folks this, that I've counseled. I just finished a couple that just in the community, they heard that I did this. They came in, they saw me for, for five weeks. And uh, I was hoping, I thought they were going to visit the church. I'm still hoping that they, they will. But I, I, I told them, as I tell every couple, you can know these things. But if your heart isn't right, it doesn't matter. The knowledge won't help you. You've got to have both the knowledge. I mean, you can have a right heart, but be frustrated in your relationship because you and your wife, you, you haven't invested in your marriage. You haven't read the books by Dr. Harley or watched the videos. So you have the right heart, but you don't know, and you just get frustrated. And those people, when you give them the right information, it's like, whoa, the light goes on. But some people, you can give them all the information. But if they're still going to be self-centered, selfish, childish, and immature, you can read every book on marriage you want to read, good and bad, and you're still going to suffer. You've got to have your heart right. You are responsible for your heart, not for your wife's heart, not for your husband's heart. You're responsible for your heart. And contention only comes by pride. We need to be humbled, and you can have a wonderful, warm marriage. I, I am abs- When somebody comes to me, I don't care how bad it is. I don't care if they're not speaking to each other. They're sitting across my desk with their backs to each other and their arms folded. I am absolutely convinced if they will get their heart right and take the information, that marriage not only can be salvaged, but it can be what it never was. Absolutely wonderful. I don't care how bad it gets. I go into every... Uh, counseling appointment with a, a sincere conviction of that. But it takes both knowledge and your heart being right. And you can do it. You can have the marriage. I don't care how bad it's been or for how long it's been. And some people hide it. You know, there, there's probably people we know that it looks like they got a good marriage, but at home it's as cold as an, an iceberg. And that's too bad. It's not the way it's supposed to be. It can be wonderful. After 20 years, 30 years, 50 years of problems, it can be changed. You got to have it up here. You got to have it here. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.